If it's just, it's super easy because it's Superman. All right. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Dun, 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 dun. Donner. <laughs> nice. Well, when you said it was super easy, I, I had my expectations at a certain level, and you managed to just blow them out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I was expecting, honestly. Uh, neither do I, but it definitely wasn't that. But I, I definitely enjoyed it. And it's funny because what was it last week that I had to do her uh, her intro and I'm like it's just not the same without her here and it's like yep that's true <laughs> you gotta have that perfect level of this is funny also I don't give a fuck <laughs> right there's like there's a level of chaos involved in coming up with these intros and we you and I just can't achieve it <laughs> all right so hi welcome back to binge buddies sorry we had to take a little bit of a break there but it was uh it was necessary wait and, hold on uh, hold on hold on binge buddies oh my god did I say binge buddies yes you did <laughs> Yeah, this is my third podcast today, and the other two were binge buddies. <laughs> I'm just going to leave all this in, and you know, now we're talking behind the hype. Uh, so, you know, thanks for joining with me. Your host, always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso. Hi. And Jonathan Artisty. Zombie Dog John. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was actually a cat today because there's a vampire cat, and that was his nickname. He was a little upset that he wasn't the zombie dog. Um, but I'm like, you can't have a zombie dog and a vampire cat. Like, they're not going to be friends. Um, <laughs> Listen to Binge Buddies if you want to get anything of what I was just talking about. Um, so Jackie Chan month is over, and here we are in Richard Donner month. And uh, I figured the best place to start with Richard Donner month would be the very beginning. Uh, that's before he had really made the name for himself with Superman, and uh, we had to go with The Omen. So here we are. Yeah, I wanted to do a even earlier movie. That still might come up, because we might get rid of the Goonies. Which one? The one about the underage girl, or the one with the girl... That couldn't stop drinking. You told me an actor that was in it, and that made one me one with more Mark Hamill. That's Mark one Hamill. Of, that's one yeah. about the drunk teenage girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that one might still come back around because uh, cards on the table. Please don't get too mad at us. None of us here at Behind the Hype are very big fans of the Goonies. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just not my favorite. Um, so we might swap it out because I don't just want to piss you off for an hour. Well, right, and and I didn't. I, I wasn't. I'm not very nostalgic about Goonies because I didn't watch it until I much later. I don't think we had that much traction no. on a poll, but, it but otherwise, would be funny. the <laughs> yeah. poll would be between Donner's first movie, which is about a thirty-year-old man marrying a sixteen-year-old girl, or the movie that he made for TV, which is about a girl who has to deal with her troubles by being an alcoholic. Two movies with female leads of questionable content. <laughs> Sold. I guess we'll see. I don't, I don't really know which way we'll, we'll end up going on that. Because I'm not sure if I even... Cards on the table? I'm not sure if I really care to watch The Goonies again. Um, maybe I should. Maybe that's why we should do it. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Next week will be the Donner Cut of Superman 2. So we got time to figure this out. Um, before we get way too far ahead of ourselves, we should probably start talking about The Omen. The, uh, the Gregory... Say Gregory Cleck, Gregory Peck, <laughs> classic. Oh, because that classic involved. There it is. The, yeah, yeah. Figure out my own mouth. So, what is the omen in the omen, in, anyways? Um. Well, you have been warned. If something frightens you, happens to be. If something frightening happens to you today, think about it because it might be the omen. Hmm. 
I'm just reading the poster. It's not a. <laughs> it's not a good cat. Well, it worked for back then, but I'm still not sure what the omen is. I I, I think he is the omen. That's the best I got. I don't know. I, I've I've never been the biggest fan of this movie. It's never been my favorite horror movie. When it comes like possession, this isn't a possession film, but like demonic, like religious horror movies, it's always on like on on those lists of like best of the best. It's never really done a ton for me. And on this rewatch, unfortunately, I'm kind of the same. Where where were you two on this one? I had never seen this movie yeah. all the way through. I had only seen the graveyard sequence, which I was believing that I had watched either for a mise-en-scene sequence in one of our classes in college. The graveyard sequence where they find the dog and, yeah. uh, and the baby that they uh, hold in the head. Or okay. it was for scenic builds, because the whole thing is on stage. It's, it's not a location. It's gorgeous, too. Uh, and it's very well done yeah. for that. Uh, so that was my only experience with this film. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. Uh not sure what the omen was exactly. Uh, Are you looking it up right now to see well, what it the was? The definition of omen is an event regarded as a portent of good or evil or a prophetic significance. Uh, maybe the, the 666 on his head is the omen. Like, oh, he is definitely fucked up. I guess, yeah. It's got to be. The, the only thing I can think of is that story. it was like that this movie, like the end of it, it, like it leads to his takeover. Like this, these events are all kind of leading to something much darker if he isn't killed. So that's what I got. <laughs> I can see that. So this movie is the event? This movie is the omen. Yeah. yeah. Get it? Which, <laughs> which if <laughs> that's true, that's actually hilarious. Of good or evil? No, it, it is the omen. We're so talking then, about the omen, the omen. <laughs> right. It sounds like which, food when you say it like that. It does kind of. <laughs> the omen, the omen. Mm, yeah, I'll have yummy. the omen. It's omen. <laughs> That's cheap food. Would you like some? Ed- <laughs> would you like some edamame with that? <laughs> oh, I love edamame. Can I get garlic edamame, edamame though? Edamame on your omen, the omen. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, John, what do you think of this one? <laughs> I like Chewie. Had never seen this before. Uh, in fact, just to lay it on the table, I haven't seen a whole lot of Donner films except for Superman, one and his parts of two. So. To come into this, I didn't really know what to expect. I, I It's always been on lists. So I'm like, okay, The Omen. I was a projectionist for a while when that the remake came out, and I saw some random guy get his head cut off, and that I was like, oh, okay, this seems weird. And then fast forward to now, to watching this, and yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it, it was good. I, I would say like maybe it's been overhyped a bit for me, but I enjoyed it. I think this this movie's uh, its biggest problem, maybe why I'm not the biggest fan of it. Like I, I won't ever say it's a bad movie. It's definitely a good movie. You guys are, are spot on. It's good. I like it. I, I don't really ever feel the need to rewatch it, like ever. But I, I think that's mostly because this is one of those movies that, at the time, was shocking and violent and horrifying and scary. And there's just no way to watch this from like when I started watching horror movies, which is like mid 1990s on. In a way that it isn't just sort of like campy and cheesy. And I just can't quite get past it. And I don't know why. Like Donner does cheese very well. Better than most, I would say. And But there's things in this like the beginning I think is super freaky. At the birthday party with the uh, the very famous scene of it's all for you, Damien. Um, but the rest of it just doesn't really freak me out at all. Like it's just kind of like it really makes me think of Final Destination. Which also isn't scary at all. 
and maybe that's maybe I just have too much too many other horror movies in my head to fully appreciate it. Maybe it's on me. I, I don't know. For me, this movie is just a big old allegory for why men should be present at the birth of their children. Yep. Two, want proof of death. Yep. Uh, and uh, don't lie to your wives. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's how we're looking at it. Yeah, it's a great movie. Hits all those you points very well. You do all those things at once, you're getting a demon child. And they do. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite the cautionary tale. The, I mean, an omen, if you will. <laughs> an omen. I, I mean, I would say the cautionary tale is don't take strange babies from the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe have some, like, just some adoption records or something. Don't, just don't try to hoodwink your wife on the genetics of her child. I also love yeah, that, like, Gregory Peck is, like, Gregory Peck is so offended at the idea that he wouldn't notice the birthmark on his child. I bathed him. You also held him as a baby. Did you not see him when he didn't have hair as a baby? Mm. Did you just skip that part? Maybe he was born with that mob. We don't know. No, and we do know. We see him. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was very distracted at the beginning of this movie at the idea of Gregory Peck being a new dad. Oh, yeah. He's, he's... I was just like, how old are you the whole time? Yeah, he was 60. Yeah, he was 60. <laughs> you and know his what? wife the... was 20 years younger than him. The bullets still fire, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know, but still. What? But yeah, I did. I did think that too when when that first happened. I was like, we were like, how old, sir? <laughs> so we are kind of we are kind of talking about this as if everybody's seen it. I suppose we probably should do a version of a breakdown. I can do it very quickly, just in case people aren't familiar with it, so we can jump around with it. Um, the movie does open as we've just kind of talking about with uh, Gregory Peck's son dying in birth, and they're like, "Oh, your son died. Would you like this baby instead? Your wife doesn't have to know about it. It's a miracle." And he's like, "All right, cool." So he takes that baby. That baby turns out to be the son of the devil, maybe, or just a demon, or just a thing. They don't really ever answer that question. Um, uh, hilarity ensues. Everyone starts dying. And then some <laughs> priest is like, hey, if you don't kill your kid, he's going to kill the baby that's in your wife. Then he's going to kill your wife. And then he's going to kill you. And the guy's like, oh, he's like, the only thing you have to do to make sure that doesn't happen, except Jesus Christ is your savior, take communion every day. And he's like, I totally believe you, but I'm not going to do those last two things. So everything he said was going to happen happens and the movie's over. <laughs> yeah that pretty much does it i was keeping an yep. eye on the thing i almost could have done like one of our 30 second breakdowns with that one i was pretty yeah, close yeah, no, to be fair to be fair you undersold how creepy the priest put it because he didn't say take oh. communion he was like no you need to accept jesus christ and drink his blood and like it's like well if you understand that that's just the sacrament fine yeah but if you're coming at this for, without any of that knowledge you're like what is this vampiric shit <laughs> Also, the priest just has no chill. Like, every time he talks no. to Gregory Peck, it's like, I get it. It's a life or death situation. The whole world is at stake. But you I understand that. Communicate. Yeah, know your audience. <laughs> you, need, you need to stop coming on so strong. You give some vital details. You need some vital details to be like, I need your attention. I need you to take me seriously. Yeah, and it, like just just be honest. Like, okay, so I know the priest who swapped out your son. I know that your son was murdered. Like, he, he didn't die. Like, he yeah. just give him all this information, uh, and then suddenly he might be a little more cooperative. He, and I'm still trying to figure out what he was trying to say. He was not born of man. He was born of what was it? Jack. Jack. Jack, Jack Russell Terrier. Which, yeah, and I was yeah. like, what? A jackalope? <laughs> no, Jack Russell Terrier. A Jack Russell There's Terrier. There's a dog in the. Uh, in the Jackson grave, five? so we have to assume Jack Russell Terrier. Right. <laughs> Jackson 5, that's it. 
<laughs> oh man, they pull the grave over and his you're like, mother. ABC. <laughs> his mother is the Jackson Five. <laughs> I don't know. His mother is five men. <laughs> He's Antichrist. It gets weird. <laughs> right, and I mean that is totally the answer with... I wish it was. <laughs> This would have been such a different movie. <laughs> I think we would have been, been saying those, more than like, just it's okay. That would have been a movie stopping just audience going, wait, what? <laughs> just like, they were popular at the time, they, right? They, I mean, a little after their when time. Did, but did, No, when did Jack... Um, I, I think it was after this. But either way, still just like the, his mother was the Jackson... Fi- I gotta let it go. <laughs> <laughs> My mind is just gone. We're, the rest of the, our review is just this. His mother was the Jackson 5. It's funny to me every time. <laughs> have, have each one of us said it? I, I, I don't think I've said it enough yet. Well, oh, my so God. I have were, to stop. So they were active in 1964. So when was this movie come out? Yeah, this is about 10 years after. So it'd be a very dated joke. <laughs> it would. It even better. <laughs> but very ominous, indeed. <laughs> You'll never listen to ABCs quite the same again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> We're good. We never got an answer to that, by the way. We though. didn't. I, that's why I have to assume Jack Russell Terrier, because it's a dog. Yeah. But all the other dogs are... Uh, like Rottweilers. Rottweilers. Yeah, so I don't know. Mm. Well, the, the Wikipedia, which is the final source on everything... Um, in the world, and then some says jackal, and that's what I kind of assumed when I watched it. Like mm. he's the son of a jackal, but that's even, that's funny to me too. <laughs> it's no Jackson Five, <laughs> no, or no, Jack Russell Terrier for that matter, <laughs> or Jazz Jackrabbit. I mean, we could keep going with this. <laughs> just from my, you know, I will, I guess, limited knowledge of Satanism and whatnot, because I'm not a Satanist. Well, Satanism and, and and what we pers- and the general people perceive as Satanism are two wildly different I things. I know, but in general, everyone knows that a symbol for the devil is a goat. Yes. So I'm not sure why this movie chose a dog. Yeah, that doesn't really make sense to me either. I, I just I just kind of go with beast. Like it's I think just that's kind of scary. Yeah. And I think, like, the whole, like, the phrasing of beast can be anything. And beast turns up in the Bible more than once. So, like, I think they kind of, like, just took some leeway with it. But this movie takes a lot of leeway with a lot of the Bible. So, like, I don't think we're looking for Bible accuracy. (laughs) No, no. And none of these, you can really, I mean, if any of them are accurate, that's fine. But that's never what these are about. Uh, It's usually how they reinterpret the, the Bible. And usually, like, this is, like, Revelation they're dealing with, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's it's how it's how they can twist it around. I thought the the kind of tying it to the Trinity and having it the reverse that angle that they were trying to investigate was kind of cool. Yeah, but that, that's uh, kinda yeah, fun. the but but the animal was like okay, we just picked beast because that the, that's the bones we could find for the set, right? Yeah, yeah. and Rottweilers suffered. And this d- movie caused a backlash against that breed. <laughs> Poor dogs. Yeah. They're just doing their jobs. They're yeah. just actors. They're not actually that mean, everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, the scene is just like, we need to recontextualize it because they're all just like, hey, new people. We haven't seen anyone for years. There's this, so this much is great. bacon in your pants. <laughs> Give me the bacon. <laughs> I'm sorry, you just missed the Jackson 5. <laughs> <laughs> By 10 years. Uh. We've been guarding them. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> it's really ruined this episode for me. <laughs> uh, all right, let's just talk about Damien. Like, I'm just going to completely change gears, and I, I think that'll kind of help me break out of this. Is one of the reasons that he's so creepy that he doesn't really have eyebrows? I mean, he doesn't really, does he? I'm looking at you that photo cut, this whole time. Sometimes other angles you can see him, but for the most part, I mean, part, his eyebrow game really... is really weak. Yeah. yeah, but part of the reason he's so creepy in this movie is because he does fucking nothing. Like he's creepy because you, the audience, make him creepy. Like the things that he does that are legitimately scary in this movie it is nothing. He waves at a dog. Uh, yeah. End of list. He doesn't want to go to church. No, he doesn't want to go to church. A lot of five-year-olds don't want to go to church. No, I don't want to go to church when I was five. <laughs> it like, was. I was actually kind of surprised about this point that you're making because uh, we've come. We come from a generation who've seen all the interpretations of this, like the creepy kids in horror films. Like they're always so creepy, and yeah. the mo- all these movies that we've seen that we've grown up on have just made a big point of making the kids really creepy. And this is just a normal kid. Everyone else around him acts so creepy, though, which is a very I, I wasn't expecting that turn on this, like that to be the thing that, no, everyone's just acting creepy around him. He's just acting like a normal child. And that might honestly be like the genius of this movie and maybe why the movie works so well. And like big credit to Donner on that one was like, if the kid's just normal and we keep saying how creepy he is, maybe we'll start feeling that he's creepy. Cause like even the kid that they got to do it, he, he's not like a particularly creepy looking kid. Like he's got like the you know, kind of shaggy blackish hair, but but he doesn't really ever look that scary or like that unnerving. Like I've seen kids and I'm like, I don't want to be around that kid. <laughs> and I don't get that from him. Like he just seems like a normal kid, which I think is fine. And it kind of makes that whole like the era, like the air around him that much freakier. Like what did he do to make this woman say it's all for you, Damien, and then fucking hang herself? Like, Actually, right. It was his mom that caused that situation because she got jealous of the nanny. And she pulled Damien away from the nanny, and then the nanny's all like, well, that's all I want is to hang out with Damien, and now what am I going to do? I guess I'll kill myself. Well, but then she makes eye contact with a dog, and the dog is like, I'm a dog, and she's like, I should hang myself. And then the dog goes to Damien, and he's like, I'm done being a dog. He's like, go on your merry way. Well, and what's interesting is when, to that point when I was watching this, I never was really 100% on board with killing Damien. And I did, again, another notch in the unexpected belt. But everyone, since everyone was so weird about him, the nanny, the new the new caretaker, um, like I was never, but I was never fully convinced that he needed to die. Yeah, I, I think and it, it, there's like this weird relief when he doesn't, uh, when Gregory Peck doesn't actually succeed in killing him. It was like, I know Damien's bad, but maybe he's not bad. Maybe everyone's just blown this out of proportion. Okay. There's kind of that thought in the back of my mind. I okay. did say to Chewie. So hold if on. we ever sent John back to kill baby Hitler, John would fail. Yeah, John would fail. Uh, but <laughs> I, I will be honest. While we're watching this movie, in the scene where Gregory Peck is driving Damien to the uh, to the church to go stab him a hundred times, <laughs> I just lean over to Chewie. I'm like. I'm so against violence towards children that I kind of want Damien to win. Go get him, Damien. <laughs> All Damien, Damien does is say no, daddy. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, and the cop and... shows up and kills him. Yeah. No, it was. <laughs> yeah. It was just so it was interestingly weird just trying to approach that with the normal kid aspect because. Yeah, when he says no, daddy, it's convincing because he's normal. He's been normal the whole time. Yeah. It's. I was not expecting to side with the omen. <laughs> well, the omen is the omen. Is the movie. Right. 
There's no omen make... in the movie. No, the omen is the omen. The omen, the omen. Right. I'm not going to stop. And he wields the omen? <laughs> <laughs> Should I mention Jackson 5 again? The ah, omen. St- stick a uh, pole through it. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, what else haven't we hit in this? We've talked a lot about Gregory Peck, a lot about uh, Damien. Uh, we didn't really talk too much about uh, Lee Remick, uh, who is... The wife. The wife. Yeah. She is... She's very much a victim in this movie. Yes. Uh, she gets a horrible lie to her at the very beginning. Uh, never gets the truth. Dies yeah. without knowing the truth. Yeah, does, never gets the truth. Um, starts to, you know, get wom- mother's intuition, I guess, once she gets pregnant again. Uh-huh. Uh, which is a weird thing to do. Be like, I'm not sure if this is my kid after she gets pregnant again. That's a weird thing to like tie together about like maternity feelings. I took it as I actually like when I was watching that those sequences. I legitimately thought it's like, oh, this in my belly is absolutely my child. I don't feel that way about that thing. Yeah. So I, like a mother's instinct sort of thing yeah. that she wasn't getting before. Um, For some reason. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, that one was a little, like, I, I can see what you're saying, Brian, but I was a little unclear with that as well and had to kind of double take it, like, back up a little bit and just, yeah, it was a little it was a little unclear, a little weird, and maybe more understandable of the time. But, and she's just such a representation of a woman of that time, I guess, or a woman yeah. in that situation where she doesn't get to make any decisions. No, even when they he, have a, a strange woman just knocking down the door saying the quote-unquote agency center. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, stranger. Yeah, she hands her some paperwork, <laughs> and she's all like, the agency saw the newspaper ad, and that's why they sent me. And so then Robert Thorne slash Gregory Peck says, oh, okay. And then so Lee says, okay, as well. And I'm like, honey, I... Yeah. There, there is no ch- a. I can't afford a nanny. B. If I could afford a nanny, I'm, I'm gonna. I would call the agency to make sure she's telling the truth or something, or maybe have an interview. There's so many red flags. <laughs> yeah, but like no. again, she's not used to being able to argue that sort of stuff. She's, you know, she's excited when Robert gets the promotion to be a diplomat in England. Yeah. She doesn't get a say in it. She doesn't get a say in what happens after her birth. Yeah. She doesn't get a say in anything. She's very much a woman who's just kind of tossed around and then thrown out a window. Yeah. <laughs> tossed around and then tossed out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for her character. I think you're supposed to. Yeah. It really sucks to be her. It does. Um. The The other character that uh, we had to spend a little bit of time talking about, uh, you got to talk a little bit about the, the photojournalist. Oh, oh yes, yeah. I think he—he's probably my favorite thing in the movie because he's the only one who's really not involved, and just because he's an idiot, he goes and gets himself involved. He, well, he's paying attention. But he's the only—he is the only proactive character in the whole movie. Everybody else is reactionary to everything. Yeah, he's the only one who's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And he actually has to go like do some research. Like every time I take a photo of this priest, it's got this weird line going through him, and oh fuck, he got impaled. And then he takes a photo of himself and sees that it's broken around his neck. He's like, oh, this isn't good. I don't like this at all. Like, he has to figure it out. And, like, 
I really enjoy that character. I enjoy like the detectiveness that they bring with it, and like him and Gregory Peck work well together. I, I really enjoy everything with him. I, it's just, that's the good stuff, and that's the stuff that eventually, at least for my money, made Final Destination. So I'm into that too. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. Like I, I liked when he, when he showed up and started taking a more active role in this. It worked, and I just like the detectivey person in a horror film who tries to piece together. And you know, it doesn't doesn't hurt that. Uh, this guy eventually goes into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a scientist. Well, <coughs> that made Brian and I just feel really old. Because yeah. we're like, yeah. you look the same age there that you did in the Turtles movie. How old are you here? Oh, he's 35. Do I look that old? <laughs> Fuck, I hope I don't look like that at 35. <laughs> as I'm currently 35. I'm 37. <laughs> I'm 36. Get, we're just rounding again, it up. Even if that's how old he looked at 35, and then he looked exactly the same 20 years later, maybe, honestly, that's not that bad. Yeah, maybe, I'll stay that way for 20 years. Maybe he was like a, an early Paul Rudd. <laughs> he just had a certain you age know, and stayed there. That's the secret of the ooze, I tell you what. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I did like his character in this. And just that out of all the characters, yeah, he just caught on to things. And I, I like that too. I, I like when the everyone else is not quite getting it that things are going bad that you know the omens everywhere but some character actually does get a head start on it kind of similarly with us because we already know what's going on like we know kind of the trajectory of this but one character kind of catches on early i I like seeing that and even if they don't quite get to the end or quite solve it or they die early like just the fact that they're this character here can kind of see something's not right and start to have some intuition. I don't know, yeah, it makes it a very dynamic aspect of the movie. And it's just kind of nice, especially like in horror movies or just movies in general. Like it's very very rare for a character to show up of his own like accord. Like I'm putting myself in this story. Like usually it's something that happened to him. And granted he did have to go shoot for things, so he was involved with them, but his job was over. Like everything else he did was all on his own. Like I really enjoy like that's kind of a cool thing. It's usually journalists who are those characters in movies and it does track here as well. Um but it was kind of nice. And, and uh, even though I'd seen the remake more recently than this one, I'd kind of forgotten about his character because uh, the remake does not stick in my head at all beyond going. I remember a guy getting his head chopped off. And that's all I remember from the remake. Um, but this yeah. one, I don't know why I don't really remember the character when I think about this movie. Like the, whenever I go back to rewatch it, which is very, very rarely, I just don't think about him. And then I watch it this time and he's my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> My favorite character is Miss Baylock, is the the second nanny. The second nanny? <laughs> yeah, Miss Baylock. Yeah, the, no, the one the who came in. Kills herself. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, sure, yeah. Because she's just, she's in it to win it. She's like, I'm here to protect you, child. Oh, yeah, from the day one, she shows up, the Damien gives her a weird look. Do not worry, child, I'm here to protect you. All right, cool. Yeah, and every time... Yeah. Mr. Thorne tells her, get rid of that dog. She just kind of smiles and goes, yeah, sure, I'll get rid of that dog. Oh, I already got rid of that dog. That dog's not here. What are you talking about? I'm looking at the dog. It's not here. It's not here. <laughs> I'm literally looking at it. <laughs> I don't You're see wrong. It. <laughs> what, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. Her, her character is the answer to my question of what would a, um, a Satanist Mary Poppins look like. Oh, <laughs> she'd be so good. She'd be the scariest Poppins. All right, again, what would a Satanist Mary Poppins look like? It'd just be Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins as a Satanist, not that far of a reach. 
Um, she is related to Pennywise. Ten steps ahead of me. We've yeah, all I, learned that. Just saying. <laughs> they all float up there. <laughs> they all do. <laughs> Not that much of a reach. <laughs> and I well, I mean, if they float way up there, it is kind of a reach. Oh. Did, oh, that's just a sad joke. <laughs> a sad dad joke. <laughs> do you think that Baylock actually died or just got the wind knocked out of her or something? Didn't he just shove her against the wall and then she collapsed? I'm sure she's fine. Well, he stabbed her like twice with two oh, he things, and one broke. Yeah, he stabbed her that. in the neck, and like one of them broke off. She couldn't pull it out or whatever. I must not so have like, attention to that part. I'm still guessing she's fine. I mean, if the devil's yeah. working through evil her, evil doesn't die. Come on. And like the priest even right. says, like she's an agent of the devil. She's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never saw any of the sequels, so maybe she isn't fine. I don't know who carries over to part two other than the kid, but. No, I don't think he's in the second one. Oh, is he not? Not with well, the characters, but not the actor. Oh, okay. Um, I honestly had no idea. I've never seen. It. I think he comes back in the third or fourth one. The actor from the there's movie. four of these things. There's a few. there's a bunch of these. Yeah. How many omens a... can there be? I think there's four. Clearly know. not enough. If we're not getting it, <laughs> if we're not catching the omen, it, it's God. What is this Final <laughs> Fantasy? Ba-dum-tsh. Uh oh Ooh. <laughs> Our jokes are so on point this episode. Yeah, it's Omen 2. Yeah. And then the final conflict, which was in 1981. And it's actually Sam Neill playing him. Oh. Yeah, that works. Sam Neill could be the, the Antichrist. Yeah, I saw. Uh, um, and then the fourth one is Event called Horizon. The Awakening. And that happened in 1991. Wow, they just kept pumping these things out, huh? Yeah. I don't oh. think I'm to watch any of them. <laughs> I, I am good. Like a, a smidge curious. I'm curious and enough about where to I read the Wikipedias and see what happens in them. Does that count? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> uh, is there anything we've missed in this movie, or should we start to uh, wrap this omen up? Um, I would say, maybe interestingly enough, uh, the pacing I thought was pretty good. And I, I feel like, and I'm hoping this tracks with all the other Donner films we watch, that he's pretty good with pacing. In yeah. general, like there was never a point where I was like, this is going too slow or things are unraveling too long. It was more like this feels like proper setup, even with all, like the things we've kind of poked fun at. Everything kind of happened in proper time. And I don't know how else to refer to it other than that. just editor brain being like, hey, this actually all feels good, like well paced throughout their relationship, the the investigation portion everything kind of coming unraveled. It never felt like, oh, we ran out of time. Let's hurry it all up. It was like, no, this actually kind of all happened just right. Yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah. Because I remember being tremendously bored by this movie as a kid. Uh, and I think that was just because it was a movie from the 70s. And you were a kid. And I was a kid. And watching it last night, or was it last night, two nights ago, whenever we watched it, uh, I was like, this actually moves. Like, it doesn't really linger too much. Like, it, it, it kind of it muddles a little bit like a lot of horror movies do. And, like, that right in between Acts 2 and 3, it kind of slows down a little bit. Yeah. But it, it didn't bother me enough. Like, I think you're right, John. Like, it, it moves pretty well. Is that everything? Should we move into to favorite quotes or moments? No, let's move on. Okay. Favorite quotes and or moments. Um, I'm going to go first because mine is the most obvious one, I think, from the entire thing. And it's I've quoted it a few too many times probably. Um <laughs> It's Jackson Five, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's the uh, it, it's the the first nanny killing herself. It's all for you, Damien. That scene, the line, all of it, 
Like, that's just horror movie 101 stuff right there. Like, everyone who's ever been into horror knows that scene, knows that line, knows everything that happens in it because it works. They don't love it because it's just a cool scene. They love it because everything about it works. And, and still to now, like, watching it a few nights ago, it's the only scene in the entire movie that makes me a little, like, uneasy. It's just, like, it's just so brutal. They're at a kid's birthday party, and the girl just hangs herself. What are they oh, going to yeah. do? Like, they can't just go take her down right away. Like, even they send a guy after her. What the hell is he going to do? He still has to try to unhang a woman? Like, that's not going to be easy to do. She's right. going to be up there for a while. Take and your I gift thought... bags and leave. <laughs> yeah, and I thought the scene was going to be pretty quick, too. And instead, she jumps and, you know, the neck snaps, and then she slams into the the window. It's like there's more to her dying yeah. than you would expect based off of any, like, sort of pre-knowledge you have of this movie. Like, I gasped. So, yeah, I would agree with you there. Yeah, it's rough. Um, but it's very, very, very well done. So I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Uh, John, what about you? Favorite moment? Uh, my favorite moment is kind of maybe a simple one and not necessarily indicative of the movie itself, but one that I kind of like to see. And it was when the uh, reporter photographer guy was in the, like, the dark room processing the film. And, uh, I mean, with the rest of the movie around it, there's so many other good scenes. Like, I, I like the... Uh, fighting off the dogs in the graveyard, but just seeing a bit of old photography tech and just the, the movie taking the time to process the photos, study them, really kind of kicked off the investigative part for me. And I just liked how it was shot, the red. I like when red is shot fairly well because uh, it's difficult. You know, film school, taught, if taught, film school taught me anything, that shooting with red lights is very difficult. <laughs> so, yeah, I appreciate that scene, and I... I, yeah. It really stood out to me. What about you? I liked the part when the mom's about to get pushed off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> I like I really like the whole thing. I like the rev up with the child and the Baylock staring at um, Damien, moving faster and faster and faster, and then going, "All right, you're warmed up. Go hit your mom." Uh, <laughs> and I love that the mom is just fussing with a plant for some reason and decides to take a goldfish bowl off a footstool or something. I don't really understand why she takes the fish bowl and puts it on the banister to stand on the the footstool. Because it's not tall enough to be a table that she's standing on, so whatever. Yeah. Um, and just the fish bowl falling first it's a symbolism of her. She's just a woman that doesn't have any control and she's in her little bowl and it gets smashed. Uh, you know, it's, it's very symbolic in that moment with that. And then in the moment, of, you know, to criticize her for a second, be like, dude, you are one flight up. <laughs> you could have just landed on your feet. You might have sprained your ankle or broke your leg or something, but you would not have had a miscarriage. You would have been fine. Yeah, so this is on you. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you choose to be passive in your falling? Yeah. I'm like, dude, just 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 land on your feet. Fall like a pro. Yeah. She she fell as worse as she she, she could probably fall. Well, she could have tried to somersault and land on her head. No, no. <laughs> Whatever. She, I mean she There's was a lot a, you she can do in one floor. In a, in a, in a glass bowl so she was not you know learning any like good skills for surviving being the adopted mother of the antichrist that's so. fair <laughs> uh let's move into double features what are you gonna watch with the omen 
Uh, I'm going to go for a... Uh, it's a little bit of a change of pace, but for some reason, I feel like they'll go well together, and I feel like you should probably watch The Omen first, but when you're done with The Omen, turn on Phantasm. I don't know why, but it just feels like a good follow-up. That's all I got. It just feels like a good follow-up. I love Phantasm. It's so good. I'd watch uh, The Orphanage. Okay. Just because I think the orphanage Ooh, is kids. a fantastic movie with creepy kids, and it's all about a woman who's actually taking control of her situation, and it has a lot to do with adoption as well. I like that one. It's a yeah. good one. The orphanage is a great movie. Uh, I would probably pair this with uh, Poltergeist, probably, because in, in the way that that movie also has some kind of goofy horror elements in there, like they would. P- pair fairly well together like sort of like a good wine and steak i imagine in terms of just kind of gelling but i would put the omen first for sure some good double features yeah you know anything with phantasm is good mm. um <laughs> what was that you, you agree you love phantasm <laughs> <laughs> did you guys did, did you the audience hear that 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 sigh that, <sighs> Phantasm is just a class of horror films that just doesn't grab me. You've only seen one of them. It's enough. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> do we do we need a no. month of Phantasm films? Is that what's going on? You know the type of horror films I like. Yeah, Phantasm. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so good. I honestly, I legitimately think they're good. You can't, you can't put the expression you're giving me into an audio format. No one can understand the dirty look you're giving me, but it's so they good. They are good for the type of movie they're trying to be. Ow, that still feels like you're taking a dig at it. <laughs> it's the same reason you like that other thing. Which other thing? The Italian one with the... She's been dead for a The death. Beyond? Yeah, The Beyond. Oh. It's the same type of movie. <laughs> I love Phantasm. It's nowhere near as good as The Beyond. The Beyond but is perfection. I'm just saying it's the same <laughs> class of film. It's the same sort of thing. I feel like we need to watch The Beyond again. Okay, in The Beyond, it's the he- you're finding a door to hell. In yeah. Phantasm, you're finding a door to Mars? <laughs> It's another dimension. Don't another worry about dimension. it. <laughs> it's the same sort of thing. It's no, like... Mars is the Doom movie. Yeah. <laughs> With Carl Urban That's as different. Doom guy. I like that movie. But Carl Urban's in it, so I get to look at him. I mean, from in the beyond. <laughs> no one I care about in the beyond. <laughs> we need to cut this off. We really do. We should probably start uh, wrapping this thing up. Yeah. Uh, not just talking about how great the Beyond is. Mm. All right, let's do a very quick round of plugs, and we can say goodbye. I, I'll start with our own show. Tune in next week when we start talking about the Donner Cut. Um, as long as we can find a place to watch the Donner Cut, which is uh, proving a little difficult for me. Uh, I so far have been able to find a Blu-ray copy of it that I have to buy. But finding online is uh, it's proving to be a little more difficult than I thought it was going to be. But still planning on the Donner Cut. Uh, of Superman 2 for next week. If that doesn't happen for whatever reason, then it will be Lethal Weapon 2. Um, I know Mr. Matt Dykes would like to join us for both those episodes, but it's all going to be depending on when we can record. Uh, so we might have a guest, we might not. We'll see. Mm. Um, and then for this show, every other show on the ATH Network, be sure to check out ATHpod.com. That is uh, Binge Buddies, Damage Booze, Demon Days, and I'm sure John has a little bit extra to add about Demon Days. 
Uh, yeah, we got a big a big fight coming up fairly soon, so I'm excited to showcase that. And uh, can't say much more than that, just because uh, still got to work through the uh, edit file <laughs> and make sure it's all good. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, I will say though for a damage boost, just a quick cut in that I'm going to be recording an episode in the next day or so. Oh, from when we're recording this, uh, a little uh, game where you 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 punk cyberly. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm going to re- just reveal how much of a glutton for punishment I am. Yeah, I'm I'm still just waiting <laughs> for the PS5. As soon as it's on the PS5, we'll play it. Before that, nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, you know, big big old if if if, if you follow the Reddit on that. <laughs> oh, is it not happening anymore? That's fantastic. I'm so glad I pre-ordered that game. Uh, with that, I'm gonna say <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. All right, goodbye.